Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk. I'm Forrest Collins, founder of the 52 Martinis cocktail site, and I'm here to talk to you about cocktailing in the French capital and bring you other small batch drinks news from France. So it's fall here. That means it's apple harvest time. Apples are great for pies. They're good for tarts. They're good for autumn salads. And they're really good for Calvados. So I'm a big fan of Calvados. I've been getting into it more and more lately. You've maybe even seen me Instagramming about it. Um, and this month seemed like a really good time to kind of have a primer on Calvados. I'd like to learn more. You'd probably like to learn more. So we've got um, Alex Mermillot from Christian Drouin Calvados here in the studio. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit more about this lovely little spirit. So welcome, Alex. Thank you. Hi, Forrest. How are you? I'm today? very good. I'm very good. And you? Excellent. Good. On a rainy day. I know. This is the perfect time for speaking about apples. I know, and, right? Uh, this beautiful spirit, which is Calvados. Good. I can't wait to hear more about it. So why don't you um, tell the listeners a little bit just about your role um, at the distillery? So I started to um, be implicated in this project of Calvados Drouin as an export manager. But being a small company, um, I'm involved in a lot of things. This is what I like from those small companies. I always work for small projects where I can be on marketing, communication, um, on the field with bartenders or even retailers. So I'm also in charge of a new project for marketing, um, uh, leaflets for being able to uh, bring the Calvados where it's not. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically export on the on the first instance, but uh, but then moving to different aspect of the of the of the company. Yeah, so really interesting. Nice. Well, it's nice to kind of be able to understand a, 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 a different aspects, uh, you know, of being in a house. Yeah. So I want to kind of myself get grounded better, but also give the listeners kind of a nice um, uh, overview of what is Calvados. So Calvados is based on uh, apples and also pears. It depends on uh, where it's produced. Uh, we've got a specific denomination of origin, which is uh, Calvados, but three different uh, sub subcategories. We've got Cavados AOC, um, Cavados Pédos AOC, and then the Don Fronte. So three different subcategories, but talking about Cavados as a, as a main category, with the denomination of origin, uh, we need to produce um, apple juice. With, we've got the chance of um, having in our orchard for many years more than 250 varieties of apples. They are not the same apples that we've got in the shops, retails, retailers you've got uh, down, in, down into the streets. They are smaller, but they've got all the tannins and polyphenols that we are looking for for the complexity of our apple juice, pomo, cider, and then cavados. So this is the raw material, which is a big part of our work. And um, so using cider apples exclusively and sometimes pears. Then uh, we need to be in a specific region which is about two hours from Paris by train or by, by car driving, um, close to Deauville, Trouville, where we are based. Um, this is a small region called Normandy. So in this region, we can call uh, apple brandy. So another V made of apple or pear, um, distilled, and then H. With this denomination of origin, with all the specificity, you can call it Cavados. So a uh, specific place, specific fruits, and then it needs to be uh, naturally ferment. We are not cultivating your own yeast as rum, most of the rum, 
uh, whiskies are doing for having a specific style. So every batch has a specificity, and we're playing with that, which is quite interesting in this, uh, I would say, in this moment of more interest for natural terroir uh, product. So I think we are on the, we've got the green lights for this category at the moment, and I'm quite excited about it. And then um, need to be distilled. Uh, in our case, we are in Pays d'Auge, and Pays d'Auge needs to be uh, double distilled in uh, the same type of facility we've got in Cognac, so Charente Postilus. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Don Fronte, uh, you need to have a, a predominance of PS. needs to be at least 30%. Um, and uh, it needs to be a column still distilled, so it's a really different style. In Pays d'Auge, you've got rounded product, really um, good for long aging. Uh, in the case of Don Fronte, it will be more frank, it will be more uh, straightforward, but you've got the pears, we bring these fruity flavors and uh, aromas that makes product really interesting too. So three different categories um, we are playing with, and this is why I like, and a lot of people now are getting into Cavados, even if it's a old school spirit, and this is the grandfather drink. Now it's getting back with this... Um, yeah, this trend for green, natural, uh, well-made, and uh, with a deep terroir uh, roots. So, yeah, m- more to come and uh, excited about uh, this, this next future. So, um, so you're in Pays Do you use any pears at all, or is it all apples? Yeah, in the Pays you can use up to 30% of pears. Basically, the pears are included in this uh, denomination of origin because they are the big protectors of the um, apple uh, orchards. It means they, they just um, avoid the wind, the big wind coming from mm-hmm. the oceans to um, to uh, make some damage on the apple trees, which are more, uh, I would say, um, shorter mm-hmm. and uh, less rooted okay. than the pears. So the pear trees can be up to 20 meters, so they will protect from the big winds the, the apples. So this is the reason why we include it in Pays so we can use up to 30%, but most of the producer is about 10%. In our case, it's 3 to 5%. Interesting. So um, so I'm assuming each producer has their own sort of um, take on h- what kind of apples they use, and they're using a different mixture of apples, some which are, you know, yeah. I guess predominantly only apples that are used in cider making, yeah. not really like good for eating apples, and some pairs. So I guess everybody has their own sort of, yeah. their own recipe for yeah. what they put in there. In our case, we're using 35 varieties from the 250 varieties available. Um, and this is, in my opinion, what makes Cavato so special. You can do apple brandy everywhere in the world. You can have cider, apples, uh, varieties. You will not have the same soil. You will not have the same climate. But uh, in our case, when you think about one hectare of land, where we plant our apple trees, you will have 25, at least 25 varieties of apples. Each variety will interact with the other ones, will be a protector from the other variety. Uh, if one will uh, blossom one time, the other one will blossom later. So if you've got um, frost, uh, one variety will be affected, but the other one not. Oh, interesting. Uh, one variety will be the pollinizer of the other one. Mm-hmm. So if you think about one variety, which is Bedan, the Bedan needs 15 meters distance from uh, where it's planted. It needs the uh, Avalon to, uh, to grow because it needs this pollinization, a natural pollinization. Okay, so, um, so for listeners, I think... Um, 
you know, kind of a basic way for them to understand is Calvados is apple brandy, but it's made within the region of Calvados. Exactly. And then within certain, within there, there are certain different um, uh, regions that are kind of uh, protected, like AOC or DOCs within that that have certain rules that um, talk about how it's distilled and, and what products go in it. So, okay, um, this is uh, has nothing to do with how you make Calvados, but actually it was something that I learned when I was visiting your distillery because I think that there's a, a little bit of information on the wall about this. Can you tell the listeners, they may have seen sometimes these bottles of Calvados that have apples inside of the bottle. Can you tell them how that how that happens? Yeah, so it's, um, it's a big project uh, that uh, Christian Drouin, um, second generation, started like um, maybe 40, 40 years ago. Um, he tried to find the right uh, variety, which would be able to grow into a bottle on a tree and uh, be able to pick it up um, just right now by October and make sure it will have a good look, good looking, and also uh, will interact well with the alcohol, the calvados, the young calvados we will mix in it. So basically, we are putting those carafe uh, in April mm-hmm. uh, after the, the blossoming. We are putting those carafe everywhere in a, in a in big the orchard. Trees, yeah. And then um, we're just praying Oops. to make sure that they will grow. I kind of love this idea. Like, yeah. you know, I've seen these bottles. I have them at home, but I've never really thought about how the apple gets in there. It's not like you're building a ship inside a bottle. It's, you know, it's something that grows. So... How many um, how many empty bottles do you put on a tree? This year, Guillaume told me a few weeks ago it, it, it was five thousand bottles. Five thousand bottles, and on one tree, how many bottles go on there? Depends, but it can be from three to four. Okay, uh, and maximum. so then you just then you just wait for an apple to grow inside yeah. the bottle. I love it. And the success <laughs> is quite low sometimes. Sometimes it can be three percent. Yeah, tens. The maximum I think was thirty five percent. Oh, that sounds success. pretty good. Yeah, so it's a lot of work for a small result. And why, I mean, I, I love it because it's very cool to see the bottle, but what was the original? Was it just kind of, you know, can we do this? Like, what was the reasoning for doing it? I think well, the main reason was, okay, to innovate, because this is what Christian Drouin and his son, they are doing for many years, trying to keep in line with the traditions, but also innovate all the time. So um, this is the first point. The second point would be to, to attract the eyes of the consumer. When you got in France or even overseas um, a bottle of um, pomme prisonnière, this is the, the way we call it, uh, just attract the eyes of the consumer and they want just to have a small sip of it. And it brings more consumer to Calvados because mm-hmm. this is a bridge for the bartender or just the bar owner to say, okay, look, this is a specific way of consuming apple brandy, Calvados in this case. They've got another range, they've got gin, they've got different stuff, as I say, tradition and innovation mixed together. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the um, just an open door for our universe around apples and pears. Mm, it's good. I like it. I think it's fun. So very cool. Now, I know um, you've got a, a Calvados um, XO. Uh, does Calvados have the same kind of designations, like, for example, that Cognac has, XO, VSOP? Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, it differs a bit with the um, Cognac denomination. Uh, in our case, XO and Odage, two products that we're um, working with, um, they need to have six years minimum into a bottle, age, age and then bottle. Uh, in our case, we're just 
taking this information as a base and then we built our range uh, on it. So our XO is 8 to 15 years, so the minimum is graded, uh, 8 to 15 for XO. And then ODASH also needs 6 years minimum, it's uh, 18 to 25 years. Okay. So it's just uh, making sure to put some rules, but uh, in terms of cognac, they ch recently changed to 10 years for the XO. Mm. So, so yeah, it differs, differs a bit. Okay. Um, can you talk a little bit about anything sort of new and innovative that you're working on, um, that you're working on right now in the house? I know you've got the Experimental range, I think. Yes. Maybe can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, uh, as I say, we like to innovate a lot. We've got um, traditional cask in our um, uh, house, cellars. So we've got export, ex-sherry. We love to work with sherry and apple. Uh, we've got uh, ex-cognac. But this is our way of working traditionally for our vintages and blends. And uh, with Guillaume and his father, I'm also now implicated on it, we decided to move on on a specific range where we experiment still more. And it's called, as you say, Experimental de Christian Drouin. And we are um, uh, doing just exchange of casks with distilleries, which got the same philosophy, working independently, not with big groups, uh, in terms of size, the way of they crafted their product. Uh, it fit with, with our philosophy. And uh, so we started to work on this um, range a year ago. And this is about one, at, at, the, more, at the beginning was one product per year, but we realized after, after the first edition uh, that it was a big su success, that we could bring more uh, news to the industry and speaking about Calados um, um, more oftenly. So um, we launched the first was um, um, 14 years of Cavados, um, traditionally aged, then eight months in um, Jamaican rum called mm -hmm. Hamden, quite popular for big aficionados of uh, rum, whiskies and general spirits. And it was a huge success. We sold 1,296 bottles in uh, less than a month. Wow. Which is, I think... Do you sell mainly, were you selling them mainly to bars and restaurants or to individual to, consumers? Well, I mean, to all our clients, mm -hmm. all around the world. So to Japan, to USA, Australia, but also France, really popular. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was a huge success. We oh. were, I mean, we were waiting for, for launching this product, but we were not expecting that much. Oh, that's exciting. So we decided to launch a second edition straight away six months later. And yesterday... I was in experimental cocktail club, so you understand now the relation. That's right. I saw there was a tasting going yeah, on. Yeah. We like to experiment in those two houses, so it was quite logical to be there. And uh, we launched the Mars Angels. Mm -hmm. So basically, this range is called Experimental de Christian Drouin, and every edition has the name of the distillery and then Angels, referring to the Angel share mm. that we are capting into the cast that we changes. We are doing the exchange. And uh, yeah, the results are quite um, amazing. Nice. And the result, the feedbacks of yesterday bartenders or even retailers was really amazing. So every six months we will launch uh, new stuff and I'm quite excited about it because Guillaume and I are working really on the one-to-one -one, uh, relationship. Um, I know him for since uh, 2013. We met, met, each other, met each other in uh, New Orleans. And since that day we were keeping in touch, and in two, year, two years ago, I decided to 
giving gave him a call and uh, suggesting you to work together. And since then, we are doing a lot of innovative stuff and uh, circumstances. Uh, I mean, it's a hard situation for a lot of us. But um, if you've got a new project and you are uh, imagining new new product and uh, more projects, we keep you on the line and uh, keep you smiling yeah well it's like we were talking about actually before we started recording like it's kind of good to have this like creativity especially during this time when we're all kind of like uh, locked down not maybe literally locked down right now but in certain ways confined something you said earlier made me wonder um you were talking about markets in japan and and the u.s where is france your biggest market yes okay do you know about for Calvados in general? Is that kind of standard? I mean, you know, you know, I know like Japan loves their Scotch whiskey, or the U.S. like you know, different markets. But uh, for Calvados, if I remember well, is the French and the German market. Oh, German, that's interesting. I guess they like their sort of eau de vies, don't they? So yes, but they are not uh, going for the top quality ones. Yeah. So for us, it's a, it's a tough market. Interesting. Because we are looking for quality, not for volumes. Yeah. And this is a market in general. If you think about spirits. In general, they are going for prices. So German market is a market for us. It's maybe top 10. But being a market for prices, we are not really well positioned. Uh, our main market is France, so it's, which is good. And then it's uh, the Japanese, the Russian, and the uh, and USA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so it's not just Calvados that you make. You make Pomo. You make Cider, um, both of which I've had and I quite enjoy. Um, but you also make something that's like very close to my heart, which is gin. So um, can you talk a little bit about how that came about and why you're making gin at a Calvados distillery? Yeah, so Guillaume, which is the third generation of Drouin, Drouin uh, family estates, uh, was doing a lot of export uh, markets, visiting and doing education, spreading the love for Calvados. And um, he was meeting a lot of bartenders out of France. And... Um, Belgium, Spain, Italy, Germany, and other countries, gin was big. And he realized that in France it was not the case. We were still drinking Gordon's, Lavirus, and uh, maybe Bombay, or other stuff yeah. like quite common on the market. And um, he took this challenge. He said, okay, I've got this, those beautiful uh, orchard and apple uh, around me. Uh, let's have this challenge and make a gin uh, built around the apple flavors. So he came back from Belgium. He was in Belgium when he decided to, to create this gin. He bought in a retailer shop, you know, the small kits where you've got all the botanicals for making your own gin. Yeah. And he said, okay, let's start by the basics. So he decided to do the maceration and, um, and then he went forward with the different botanicals he wanted to, to mix with the, the apple flavors. And, uh, but he decided to work on um, really specific... Um, recipe not working as most of the gene at that time was uh, created I mean not working blind mm -hmm. I mean uh, doing maceration at the right ABV percentage of alcohol um, for each different botanical respecting every maceration for every botanicals the time of maceration also is adapted from the lime uh, li lemon to um, to the rose or cardamom or juniper and then all those macerated uh, botanicals are distilled separately and then blended together we know how to do blends with the XO VSOP mm -hmm. this is our main job our core business so we wanted to do something really precise 
So macerate it separately, desist separately, and then blend it all together. And at the moment of doing this blend, we are integrating what we call eau de vie of cider, which is what we are selling as a blanche uh, into the game. Mm -hmm. And it's just the, the I would say, the, the spine. The, um, yeah. Yeah, this is the spine. Yeah, I think uh, it's a nice way to think about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all those flavors all around the apples. And uh, I have to say it's a big success because the objective of that, of that was to bring lights on our main business, which is Cavados. Gin is more popular now than Cavados, even if we are on the right way with Cavados. Gin is it's starting to be big, and the lights was going on uh, the Cavados, and now it's, uh, yeah, it's starting to be a big part of our turnover. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I, I see it in bars here. Um, is it available in other countries, or is it available just here in France? Yeah, um, all the export market, and okay. including France. So, yeah, a lot of people, they don't know Christian Luna. Yeah, I have... By the Cavados, and yeah. they're coming to our Cavados by the gin. By so the gin, yeah. The mission is done. Well, it's I would have to say, I definitely had your gin before I had the Calvados. Yes. Um, I think uh, mm -hmm. I was having gin, the gin here many times in Paris. And I think it might have been at the at, at Christian Trin was the first time I had the actual Calvado. So, um, so yeah. Um, and speaking of that, so listeners can can uh, or people, not just listeners, I suppose. Even if people aren't listening, they can come and they can visit the distillery. Correct? Sure. Are you uh, open for business at the moment? I know things are a little bit weird and COVID. Uh, how's that going? We are open as normal. Okay. Uh, from Monday to Saturday, um, from nine up to six o'clock in the afternoon. I think it's two hours close just for lunch for for the staff, but uh, yeah, this is this is a big thing for me as a as an employee. Uh, I've got the opportunity of bringing a lot of people to the distillery, two hours driving or by train, but also a lot of visitors every year. Um, as an average, we've got twenty five thousand people coming to the distillery every year. Mm -hmm. This year was a bit strange, but uh, but yeah, this is a big part for us. We consider that opening our doors is the best way of bringing more people into the Cavados world and uh, having more fans of it. So it's free, you don't have to pay, and you've got a really good immer immersion. Um, every, everything is, uh, you can have a, a look, it's not, nothing is hiding. Uh, you've got the orchard, you've got the apples. At the moment, you can even uh, bite into the apples and pears, understanding the complexity of our products because I was talking about 250 uh, varieties of apples but they are split in four families mm -hmm. you've got sweet bittersweet bitter and sharp uh, apples so each of them will bring this complexity so people can experiment it experiment it and then uh, you've got the steels you've got the fermentation and uh, at the end you've got a big tasting and we, as I say at the beginning we are um, specialized on, uh, specialize on um, vintages mm -hmm. so if you want to taste your vintage you've got the opportunity without to spend any cents or euro so i think it's the best way for us to open our doors and uh, make sure there's more people interested in in this beautiful spirit i agree i mean i think um, like i said i've i've made it a visit there and it's a really nice way when we were there it was actually in january so there was no apples but 
it's a really nice way to see the um, see the um, the stills and see the whole process and uh, and then also you do have that nice taste tasting space there so we did do quite a bit of tasting and mm. brought home some Calvados and also some cider and yeah so so I recommend that to listeners if you're ever in in Normandy that it's uh, something that you should put on your itinerary. Um, do you have any resources uh, that you might direct listeners to who want to learn more about Calvados books or online resources? Yes. Um, yesterday, uh, my boss gave me the first edition of uh, his father book. So I have to say I've got um, plenty of pages to, to uh, read uh, in a few days. Yeah, it's called Le Livre du Calvados. Okay. Uh, it's uh, um, written by Christian Drouin, so Guillaume father. And um, the first time I met uh, Christian de Rouen, I spent one day without two. Uh, I mean, he was speaking all day. He's, uh, he knows everything about the historical aspect of the Calvados. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's passion for, for life. Uh, as I say, he's 75 years old and he's still on the road. So um, as I say, when you like uh, what you're doing, you just want to share it, and this is what he tried to um, concentrate on this on this book. So yeah, I really recommend it. I will give you all the information uh, later on for promoting. It would be more than happy. Yeah, I will put a link to that in the show notes, so listeners can take a look for it. I will also put a link, obviously, to the distillery and information, so people can can find out about it and how to make visits, and you know if they want to, you know, track down the Calvados and that kind of thing. So I'll put all that in the show notes. I believe you have also brought a recipe for a Calvados cocktail to share with our listeners. Yes, sure. Uh, yeah, we're working quite closely with the Parisian and French bartenders in general. We, we organized the first competition uh, last year. It's called Calvados uh, Drouin Eyeball Contest. So based on eyeballs and really easy to make uh, cocktails. And this year I was um, with different bartenders that I like uh, to work with and uh, we did a small leaflet, and uh, yeah, I choose one of those. Um, the the cocktail is called AOC, as okay. the denomination mm-hmm. of origin that we like so much in France for cheeses, uh, spirits, and wine. Uh, it's created by Nicolas Cruz Mermi and uh, Cedric Moreau. Um, it's made of um, cer- uh, 30 ml of La Blanche de Christian Drouin, which is uh, not a Cavados, it's an, un- an aged version of. Uh, our Calvados, mm-hmm. 35 varieties of apples altogether, distilled and non-aged. Uh, 20 ml of Amontillado sherry, sherry and apple, just amazing. Benedictine, 50 ml. 10 ml of Chartres jaune. The method is stirred. Glassware is Nick and Nora. And the garnish is a coin of lemon zest. That sounds lovely. Amazing. Thank you very much for coming down and talking to me. Uh, much appreciated. Is there anything else you want to share with listeners before we close up? Just a big thank you for giving us even give us the, the opportunity of uh, sharing our love for Cavados yeah. and spreading the love for it. If you are looking for more cocktail and drinks talks between shows, head over to the site www.52martinis.com. If you want to put me in your pocket, you can download our iOS app. It's Paris Cocktails. It's a guide to a bunch of really great Paris cocktail bars. As always, thank you to today's guest and thank you listeners for either tuning in or downloading. I really appreciate it. And as usual, please drink responsibly. And one final thing, you know, I love doing the podcast, bringing you what I hope is interesting news and getting reviews. 
is what really lets me know that it is interesting. And apparently I hear it helps other people discover the show. So, and it also makes me know I'm just not shouting into a void. So if you like the show, pop on over onto iTunes, leave a review. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And until next time, cheers. Shine a light, taking a close off it.